Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Sarah Kent. Sarah is the Director of Shelter Outreach for PetFinder at Nestle Purina Pet Care. Sarah oversees the professional side of PetFinder, dedicated to providing tools and resources to animal shelters and rescue groups. She lives with several adopted pets, including two mixed-breed dogs, four house cats, two feral cats, and one tarantula along with a very understanding husband and stepdaughter. Sarah is the co-founder of Fiverr Cats and cares for her neighborhood TNR community cats. She also serves as a board member for the Animal Welfare Federation of New Jersey, a collection of professional animal welfare advocates statewide working together to improve the lives of animals. Sarah was one of the first employees at PetFinder in 2000 and joined Nestle Purina Pet Care in 2013. Sarah, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me. You have a long history here. How did you get started specifically in animal welfare? I started volunteering at my local animal shelter close to 25 years ago. was looking for a summer project while I was in school and ended up at my local shelter. And I remember my mom dropped me off and signed all the paperwork at the time and said that I wasn't to touch any animals and to give me paperwork only. (laughs) And uh, you can imagine how long that lasted. It was all really new to me and really exciting. And at the time, we were a pretty busy shelter taking in a lot of pets. But it was just a a great experience to learn kind of how the the whole animal sheltering world worked. And also at that time, you know, 25 years ago, kind of what the needs were. So that really helped me decide that animal welfare was the right career for me. You know, I think I knew early on veterinarian was probably not going to be the right fit, but I wanted to do something to help animals and Work, you know, volunteering at the animal shelter gave me a whole world of experience to see the different career options out there. And then, of course, years later, I found PetFinder, which when I started volunteering at the animal shelter, I had no idea there was even going to be an internet. Um, so that was a, a bit of a surprise. But years later, I was on PetFinder. I had become a fan of the site and the work that PetFinder had already been doing in my home state of New Jersey. And I saw a posting that they were looking for an assistant position. And so I reached out and I said I was going to be home over the summer during college. And if they would be interested in having me as a temporary employee during my summer break, long story short, close to 17 years later, I am still here and still very heavily involved with everything day-to-day PetFinder. I remember when PetFinder first came out, and I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread myself. The Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society was one of the early groups to sign up for it. When you found out about PetFinder, what did it seem like it was all about for you? I just thought it was the most amazing thing. And frankly, I I still think it's the most amazing thing. In my experience, a lot of people even having a a physical animal shelter where I was volunteering, people just didn't know about it and they didn't know how to find their shelter. And if they did know where their local shelter was, 
they were hesitant to go there. You know, they felt like it was going to be a really overwhelming situation to walk in and look at all of these pets face to face and feel really challenged to to pick just one. And so what I, I thought was so amazing about Pet Finder was just the visibility that it creates for all of these adoptable pets. It gives every individual pet a voice. You know, every pet on Pet Finder has his or her own page dedicated to showing themselves off. And so if you're someone who's overwhelmed about going to your local shelter, you can get a preview of everybody who's available for adoption. But then it also creates visibility for all these other pets who are in foster homes. And you know, you might have the perfect cat for you right there in your own neighborhood, but you may never know that without Pet Finder being able to showcase all of those adoptable pets from a variety of different organizations. So I think, you know, the really, you know, 17 years later, um, the same thing strikes me as, as amazing. And that's just that visibility and the connection that people can make with adoptable pets right from, you know, their phones or their computers. How is Pet Finder used specifically as a tool for shelters as well as for adopters? On the shelter side of things, every shelter and rescue who joins Pet Finder gets access to be able to post their adoptable pets on the Pet Finder website so that they can be found in searches from potential adopters. And then they also get a homepage so they can tell a little bit more about their organization, who they are, some of their adoption policies, and where you might be able to find them and their adoptable pets. So that's the actual account that every organization gets when they join PetFinder. And of course, all of that is free. We also have a whole side of PetFinder that's dedicated to shelters and rescues. And that's the side of the site that I work on. And that's pro.petfinder.com. And that is tips on taking great photos of your adoptable pets, some benefits and resources, and just tools to help increase your adoptions and get the most out of being a PetFinder member. On the adopter side of things, adopters can come and search the adoptable pets on PetFinder, and we have, you know, close to 250,000 adoptable pets at any given time, with over 100,000 of those adoptable pets being cats. You know, there's no shortage of pets to look through. And so they can search for adoptable pets. They can inquire directly with the shelter or rescue who has that cat for adoption. They can also make a donation through the Sponsor a Pet program. So if shelters and rescues sign up for that program, there's actually a button right on the pet profiles that adopters or people who are just searching the site and want to make a donation can click and initiate a donation to that organization. We also have a lot of content both on the PetFinder site itself as well as what we send out via email to our adopters. We want to make sure that they feel really supported and encouraged throughout the adoption experience from the time that they initially are wondering if pet adoption is right for them, searching for the right pet, finding and adopting that pet. And then, of course, we know that a lot of adopters need quite a bit of support after they take that new pet home. So we want to be there to help provide that as well and make the transition for that pet and for that adopter as smooth as it can be. So there are tips there on how to acclimate a new cat into your household and that kind of stuff? There are, yeah. Throughout PetFinder.com, there's lots of tips, both you know in written form and in video. 
And then we have a area where new adopters can tell us that they adopted a pet. And when they do so, we will send them an email newsletter to help welcome that pet home. So we call that our Home Forever Home email series. And it's a six-week email series that helps with all of those tips for transition. So introducing your cat to your kids, to your other pets, making sure that you're getting the right litter box practices from the start and just really helping to solve anything that might be a, a common issue new adopters run into. One of the first things I know that PetFinder began promoting was the use of video and how much more impactful video can be. Could you just like reiterate or stress the importance of using video with your adoptable cats? Video is a great way to let the cats really speak for themselves, and they don't have to say a lot. One question that we've we've had quite a bit in the past is, do I need to spend time on a video if the cat is just sleeping or um, <laughs> just sitting on someone's lap? And, and I would say, yes, video can really help bring the photo to life and really show what that pet is like. Even if it's something as simple as a cat sitting on a volunteer's lap and purring, that can really make a connection with somebody who's looking for a lap cat. Or if you can catch them in a playful moment or just being a little bit silly, really whatever it is, find that one element that you want to share about that pet and take a short video. Again, video does not have to be long. 15, 30 seconds will do the trick. People have short attention spans anyway. But I really think that video is, is such a nice way to be able to, to really let the pets have their own voice and share a little bit more that's beyond photos and descriptions. How does PetFinder support community cats? So we have a lot of community cat organizations who are on PetFinder. They use PetFinder from a pet adoption perspective to help with any kittens that they may find or any friendlies who might show up in their community cat colonies. And then we do have a lot of content on the site, both on the shelter side as well as on the public side of PetFinder, just to talk about community cats and making sure that they are well taken care of, especially as winter approaches. And that on the adopter side of PetFinder, if people find a community cat, that they know what to do. So we see quite a bit of community cats who are posted on PetFinder looking for a new home if they need to be relocated. And then we see a lot of kittens coming through in kitten season looking for their homes on PetFinder. Are you new to the Community Cats podcast? Don't know what to listen to first? Feel free to check out the Listening Module tab, where we have grouped shows together by topic so you can listen to a bunch of shows around the same topic. Just click on the Listening Module tab at www.communitycatspodcast.com and enjoy learning about community cats. <coughs> During the month of April, it's Kitten Month. Many of our shows will focus on kittens and kitten programs and how to help all of those kittens that we're going to see this summer. Please check out the shows. Since PetFinder has been around since 2000, obviously, I sort of look at your organization as a, a business that has really been at the, in the balcony. You've been working with groups all across the country, so you have exposure to sort of what's going on in every state. And you know, a lot has changed for animals as well as for technology between 2000 and here we are in 2017. 
What are your thoughts with regards to what the landscape looks like for community cats over the next five or 10 years? And, and what do the next five or 10 years look like for, for PetFinder? Is there new technology that will come on board for PetFinder that we'll be using five or 10 years down the line? I see both going in really positive directions for the first time, which frankly, I never thought we'd get there. But, you know, you're hearing of shelters that aren't getting kittens in during kitten season and have open space in their cat rooms. And so I think that's that's going to be a real help to cats everywhere. People are considering adopting pets more than they ever have before, which I think is fantastic as well. So that when animals do arrive in shelters, they're getting out faster um, and getting into homes and that there's more space available so that as cats are in need or other pets are in need, they have somewhere to go. We hope to facilitate those adoptions as we have for the past 20 years, but keep doing that. And so we're looking at ways to make the search experience more mobile friendly for our adopters increased searching options. So particularly for cats, we know that people are really interested in finding different colors of cats and having their heart set on a specific cat color. And the search for that on PetFinder right now isn't ideal. And so we're looking at ways to, you know, how can we improve the search experience specifically with cats in mind to make sure that we're connecting the right cats with the right people. We're also making some updates to the way that you post pets on PetFinder to allow more photos and more videos and really create a more complete profile about those adoptable pets. I think mobile is the way to go. So we're looking to also make the the pet posting process more mobile friendly so that people can be updating their pet profiles and adding those great videos as they're taking them right on their phones. We'll have a, a lot of new things happening on PetFinder over the coming years, which we're really excited about. And we are always keeping an eye on new technology and kind of everything I see out there. It's, you know, how can this help pets? Is this something that we could use on PetFinder? Right. Making it very user friendly. And it does seem like everybody's trying to do most everything on their phone these days. Half the time I'm always like, oh, well, I'll send that to you when I'm back at my computer, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm on my iPhone. And at this point, we're always now going to be trying to figure out a way to send things, you know, on our phones and with the push of one button. So I think that mobile friendly is a great idea and people will be at, you know, a coffee shop or a cat cafe or something like that. And they'll be flipping through things on pictures on their phone with their friends. And that'll help spark more interest in the cats that are available for adoption. So I think that that's a, a great idea. Do you think that the process that people will be acquiring their cats will still be sort of shelter oriented? Or is there going to be more of a relationship of, you know, a person having a cat, and then a person wanting to adopt a cat, and the shelter may not be in the middle as much as it has been in the past? I think there's room for all, you know, in some of the research we've done, we've seen, especially with cats, one of the most common ways people are getting cats are through those casual relationships. So through a friend or a relative or a neighbor. Um, and I think we're likely to continue to see both. Um, you know, there's people who will be able to hold on to that cat until they find a home for him or her, or they may need to rely on the shelter if they don't have space in their house to be able to foster that cat while they wait for an adopter. So I think we'll continue to see both. I think as there's more of those 
person to person adoptions. I think that's where people are likely to need some of those other shelter services like access to low cost spay neuter. They may need a pet food pantry. I see them as unofficial adoptions that are happening where the pets are able to stay out of the shelter, but the new adopter may still need some of the support that might usually come through a relationship with a shelter. So I think that hopefully as shelters will see fewer and fewer pets coming through their doors in need, they'll be able to focus more on those pet retention resources and how do we create the best animal loving community and help pets stay in their homes. And if we have a pet parent who's in need of help, getting them the right help that they need to keep that relationship intact with their pet. I wanted to turn the tables a little bit and ask you a few questions about Fiverr Cats. Um, sure. What is Fiverr Cats and what does that group do? So that is, it's basically me and my husband. We <laughs> um, started Fiverr Cats and I think I had always known that at some point I would probably start my own rescue of some sort. But how Fiverr Cats came about was when we bought our house, gosh, about eight years ago, there were feral cats here. And we actually saw them right as we pulled up. We had been looking for a house for several months and hadn't found the right place. And we pulled up at this little foreclosure that had grass that was about waist high. <laughs> and peeking out of that grass was cats. And I just looked at him and I was like, oh, this is clearly our house. So we ended up purchasing the house and moving in and ended up having a, a pre-made backyard community cat colony. So that was a bit of a surprise. We've really embraced that. And so we, you know, any new cats who show up are either getting TNR'd or if they're friendly, we've been lucky enough to um, have several great adoptions that we've been able to do with the friendly cats who've shown up in our neighborhood. Initially, it was meant to be a kind of a joint effort between supporting community cats and also supporting FIV cats. I'm a big fan of the FIV cats and three out of four of my own cats are FIV positive. So at some point when we have a little bit more space, we hope to actually be able to take in and adopt out FIV positive cats. But right now our focus is much more on the community cats. Perhaps our most popular thing that we've done several years ago as my Christmas present my husband built shelters for our community cats outside. And then he actually drew up the building plans for those shelters and we posted them online so that if people were you know, looking to create a, a shelter for their community cats, they had their building plans right there for free. His video has gone viral a few times of, of him showing off the, the feral cat shelters. And it's been a really interesting experience just to kind of see who you reach through a, an effort like that, that's really what we do is just helping to kind of coach and support people who are starting out taking care of community cats or help answer any questions that they have. And, you know, I fully expected to get inundated with people who were looking to give us their cats, basically. And that has not been the experience so far. It's It's been pretty remarkable to see how many people are really willing to help out these cats. They just kind of need some coaching and support. So that's something that we can do pretty easily virtually and um, just help them find it within themselves and within their local resources to help these cats. And just quickly, the Animal Welfare Federation of New Jersey, what is that group about? 
So that is our uh, statewide Animal Welfare Federation. So we have folks from some of the most influential shelters and rescues across New Jersey, as well as representatives from the ASPCA and the Humane Society of the United States. And we get together to help create educational opportunities for the organizations in the state of New Jersey. And then we also help advise on legislation as there are pet-related or animal-related legislation that comes up. If people are interested in finding out more about PetFinder and the work that you're doing, how would they do that? If they are with a shelter or rescue, they can go to pro.petfinder.com. If they are looking for a cat to adopt or looking to help share uh, adoptable cats on social media, they can go to the main website of petfinder.com. And if they're looking to reach me specifically, that is Sarah, S-A-R-A, at petfinder.com. That's great. Sarah, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I know your listeners are already all cat people. So (laughs) just, you know, keep promoting the positive angles of adopting a cat and helping community cats and really helping to decrease the number of cats that are looking for homes out there and get those cats into the right homes. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show today. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats.